do you know what the saddest kind of animal ghost is? An owl ghost. Because they're always boo-hooing. <laughs> uh, get it? Get it? Happy Halloween, everybody. Rounding off Spooktober here. Uh, no safety tip, no breaks, no hiking tips, no uh, any of our usual stuff today. Uh, this is, I guess you could call it a holiday special. This is a wildlife, a podcast about science, nature, and the human experience with Devin and Richard Boker. I'm Devin Boker. Richard's not here today, just me. This is sort of a, a, a last minute, really last minute. I mean, I'm talking incredibly last minute. Uh, little thing I just wanted to put out there ahead of our, our other episode coming up this weekend. It's not something that we have really done before. This is um, a little bit different. It's uh, sort of a treat with a trick. It's a it's a treat with a trick at the end. A, a bit of a switcheroo. Um, what we are doing today, what I am doing today, is a retelling of a famous short story that you probably were forced to read in high school called A Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. Think of it as a slightly modern retelling um, with a wildlife-related twist towards the end here. So, without further ado, cue the spooky. True? Nervous. I, I, I was I was incredibly dreadfully nervous. I had been and, and still am. But I'm not I'm not crazy. Sure, I was sick recently, but if anything I'm, I'm I feel like I'm more alert now. My hearing in, in particular it's it's gotten insanely sensitive. I mean, I hear everything. Everything. I I, I can hear heaven itself, everything in the world, and more than anything hell why 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 do you think i'm crazy listen just 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 listen and i can tell you what happened i don't really know what first made me get the idea but but once i thought of it i, I just couldn't let it go i suppose i i didn't have any particular objective it, it wasn't out of passion i i loved the old man i i did but some something was there he had, he had never wronged me. He had never insulted me. I didn't care about his money. I think it was his eye. Yeah, he, he had he had vulture eyes. A pale blue eye with like this uh, gray film over it. And, and when he looked at me, it made my blood just cold. At some point, I came to what I thought was the only solution. Kill him. Kill him and never have to see that eye again. At this point, I know you probably want to call me crazy and be done with it, but I'm not crazy. Crazy people don't know anything, but you should have seen me. You should have seen how clever I was with, with how careful, how well planned, how well I kept my feelings concealed when I went to work. I honestly think I was nicer to the old man than ever during the whole week before I killed him. 
and every night, around midnight, I turned the latch of his door and opened it, oh so gently, and then, just when it was open enough, I'd reach my phone in, with the screen locked and down so that no light would shine, and then I'd peek my head in. <laughs> You'd probably laugh seeing me do it. I moved so slowly, very, very slowly, so that I wouldn't wake up the old man. Some nights it would take me an hour to get my head in the door just enough to see him. <laughs> would a so-called madman be that clever? And then when my head was in the room, I'd, I'd shine a bit of light from my phone towards him, just, just enough to try to see that vulture eye. By the way, did you know that vultures pee on their own legs to cool down in hot weather? Just, just a fun fact. Anyway, I did this every night for a week. Every night. At midnight. But every freaking night, his stupid eye was closed. So, I, 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 I couldn't finish the job. I didn't have an issue with the old guy, just that evil, vulture-looking eye. So every morning I'd put on a face and I'd go into his room at the butt crack of dawn, asking him how he slept and yada yada yada. He didn't suspect anything. He had no idea that I'd been watching him sleep every single night that week. That eighth night, I was even more careful than usual. I was so, 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 so careful. I felt something. I, I felt powerful in a way that I've never felt before. It was almost hard to contain myself, to think there I was opening the door little by little, and he had no idea what I had planned. I actually laughed a little. And maybe he heard me because then he, he abruptly shifted in the bed, almost startled. But I wasn't going back. No. His room was pitch black, and so I knew there was no way he could have seen me coming through the door. So I kept pushing it open steadily steadily and I had my head in and I was about to open the light on my phone when it vibrated with a snapshot notification and at that moment the old man shot up in bed he was crying out who's there so I kept still and I said nothing a whole hour went by and I didn't even move a muscle but I also never heard him lay down he was still sitting up in bed just listening just like I've done night after night, listening to the walls, counting the time the old man had left. Sometimes I've thought maybe it was death himself, tapping his fingers. I heard him groan. Just a little one. But it was the kind that told me he had to be afraid. It's a sound I'm familiar with. Most nights, around midnight, when everyone else is probably sleeping, I, I get this feeling deep in my chest and... Out comes that same echoey groan. I knew what the old man felt, and honestly, I felt bad for him on some level, even though it was kind of funny too. I knew he had to have been lying there awake just the whole time, wondering. He had to be scared, probably trying to shrug it off, but he couldn't. Probably saying to himself, it's nothing but the wind in the chimney. Oh, it's, it's just a mouse crossing the floor. It's probably just a cricket. I guarantee you he had been trying to comfort himself the entire time, but it wasn't going to do any good. It was in vain. The black shadow of death was approaching. I had waited a long time. Very patiently. But never heard him lie down, so I decided to shine just a little bit of light in his direction. 
You can't even imagine how careful I was. I, I barely let any light out, but it shot across the room like, like spider silk. It landed right on that vulture eye. It was open, wide, wide open. And as I looked at it, I was, I was filled with, with rage. I saw the dull blue eye with that, that hideous veil over it, and it, it chilled me to my bones. I, I couldn't even see his face. My light was shining straight on his eye and nothing else. Remember, I'm not crazy. I have, I have heightened senses, okay? At that moment, I heard this, this low, dull, quick sound, kind of like the sound of a watch, but muffled, like it was under a pillow. It was familiar too. I swear, it was it was the old man's beating heart. Something about it just made me more angry, kind of like how a drum beat encourages soldiers on a battlefield. I kept still, barely breathed. I held the light still. I tried to keep still, but but that that sound of his heartbeat got louder and quicker. I had to have been terrified. The sound just kept getting louder, and I was I was so nervous, and it got to a point where I was positive that his heart was going to explode. I swear it was so loud I was worried a neighbor might hear it. It had to be then, right then, so I flipped on my light, and I ran into the room shouting. He hardly got out a shriek before I dragged him to the floor and pulled the bed over him. I just stood there, smiling. But still I heard his muffled heartbeat. Eventually it stopped, so I took the bed off of him and, and looked at his lifeless body. He was dead. I put my hand on his heart for a few minutes to be sure. Finally, though, his eye wasn't going to bother me anymore. If you still think I'm crazy, trust me. You won't after you hear how I hid the body. I worked all night. I, I dismembered his body, cutting off his head, then arms, then legs. I pulled up a few floorboards and dropped his pieces down below before carefully placing the boards back in their place. I did it so perfect that I guarantee you no one would have noticed anything. It was genius, flawless. There was nothing to wash, nothing to clean, no blood, nothing. I had been too careful. I wasn't done until around 4 a.m. It was just a little bit later that I heard a knock at the door, so I went down to open it. I mean, I had nothing to fear, right? But there were two officers and another man. The officers introduced themselves, and they said they had heard reports of a scream in the middle of the night. The neighbors were worried, whatever. I smiled, unconcerned, so I welcomed them in, said that I had screamed in a dream that night, and that the old man was out on a hunting trip in the country somewhere. I told them, encouraged them, to search the house, even brought them to the very spot that everything had happened in his room. I showed them that nothing was out of place. In fact, I was so confident that I brought in chairs and insisted that the officers take a break and relax. I, I set up my chair directly over the old man's body beneath the floor. The officers seemed satisfied that everything was okay. I mean, I had them convinced, so we just sat and chatted for a while. But the longer they sat there, the more nervous I got. My head started aching and my ears started to ring. The ringing got louder as they chatted, so I got more talkative myself and tried to shrug the sound off, but I started to notice that it didn't seem like it was actually coming from my ears at all. It was from somewhere else. I could feel myself getting pale, nervously chatty, elevated. I tried to talk over the sound, but the sound got louder 
It was like this low, dull, quick sound, like a muffled clock. I could barely breathe without looking at the officers. I, I, I could tell they couldn't hear it. So I talked more, and I grew more erratic, but the sound grew louder, and it got to a point where I was pacing and using these dramatic hand gestures and talking more and more. The noise just increased. It, it kept going steadily, steadily, increasing, increasing. I couldn't understand why they wouldn't leave and why the sound wouldn't stop. And that's what it hit me. Oh God, what could I do? I started grinding my chair on the floor. Was it possible they really didn't hear it? No, 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 no. They heard, they suspected, they knew. They were mocking me. That's what I thought and I still do. I couldn't take their smiling. I felt like I had to either scream or die, and now, again, listen, louder, louder. I, I screamed, just stop the act, I admit it, just pull up the planks, here, here, right here, it's, it's the beating of his hideous heart. I ripped up the planks, but there was nothing there, nothing but a small, dull, brown beetle. Less than half of an inch. I, I didn't understand, and I, I still don't. That's when the third man entered. I'd forgotten about him. He had a clipboard in his hands, and just around the corner, following him in, was the old man. The two officers were staring at me with a look of confusion I've, I've never seen on a person's face before. I must have looked the same. The third man introduced himself as an exterminator? Apparently the old man had called him about a knocking in the walls. The, the exterminator took a peek at the beetle and said, Yep, just as I expected. You've got death watch beetles. That is about when I fainted, and that's all I remember. But I'm telling you, I'm not crazy. I'm not. Okay, end scene. So, the Death Watch Beetle, as its name beckons, is surrounded in folklore. Before its discovery, its knocking was thought to be the tapping of death or the devil's fingers as he waited for somebody to die. You see, the Death Watch Beetle is named after the Death Watch, sort of like a wake or a vigil where people sat quietly by the bed of someone who was passing. So quietly that you could hear the little beetles knocking in the walls. After they were found, they were believed to be omens that predicted a coming death. The truth? It's a lot sexier. You see, the Death Watch Beetle is a wood-boring beetle that sometimes infests old structural beams and buildings. The older the place, the more likely they are. You see, females lay roughly 50 eggs within crevices in the wood, really wherever they feel like it. When the eggs hatch, the larvae begin to bore through the wood, Fungally infected wood that's been softened up or, or moistened up is preferred. For 10 to 15 years, the larvae will work their way through the wood using special gut enzymes to digest the cellulose held within the timbers. Some summer in Europe, United Kingdom, Eastern U.S. even, adults will emerge ready for love, males coming out first. Being in the dark and mostly blind either way, the males are in a tough spot. The females are ready and willing, usually, but first the males need to find them. If they don't in time, they're going to die alone without ever having a shot at love or, or passing on their genes to a future generation. So what is a beetle to do? He must woo the lady with music. 
Males lay a beat on the timbers by repeatedly banging their head into the wood, making the characteristic sound that has inspired so much folklore. And they'll do this, sometimes for weeks, banging their head and waiting for a reply, eventually dying. After all, the adults don't eat. But let's say a female does hear and reply. Sort of like a game of Marco Polo. They'll just keep playing the beat and seeking each other out, and hopefully they'll unite. Once they do, the males jump on top of the female, not always the right way, I might add, and continues the head banging, but on top of the female. If the female likes it, she'll do the same. But here's the catch. The ladies are incredibly picky. She's looking for a heavyset kind of guy. A dude with a real dad bod, but there's a reason for this. Nearly 15% of the male's body weight is, uh, well, sperm. More sperm means more health, more, I don't know, they, they, they just prefer it. Hopefully, in the end, they find that special sperm-heavy someone, lay their eggs, and begin the cycle of blind but found love all over again. See? That's not so scary. Thus concludes our Halloween special of weird bug references and folklore um, turning into not such a spooky ending as the original story by Edgar Allan Poe, um, but a much, uh, a much sexier one. Yeah. Beatles. Just looking to get some, uh, get some action before they die. That's all. Happy Halloween. I hope you all have a safe night. Remember, if you want to support The Wildlife, you can do so at patreon.com slash thewildlife. Um, and remember to check out something on thewildlife.blog. We have just recently rolled out a new program called The Wildlife Ambassadors, where when you become a patron, automatically 10% of your contributions each month are donated to a research or conservation program for an animal or species of your choice. So you get to pick, we do a little bio on that animal, a bio on you, and uh, keep track of it on the website and all that stuff. Anyway, you can find out more information there. Heck, you know what? I'll even put a link in the podcast notes. How about that? Okay, until next time.